Hello and welcome to the Hellas Football Podcast. My, I'm your host Stephen and with me today is Greg. <laughs> How are you doing, Greg? Top of the world, mate. Another fantastic week. Yes, well, I'm not surprised <laughs> considering um, Ike's achievements in the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's it, the Greek fo- the Greek football league, uh, season is officially over. The Greek Cup final was finally played uh, in front of no fans, <laughs> apart from the ones watching on TV, uh, which is obviously we'll get more into it after uh, in a bit. Um, but yeah, so the, the I guess the main topic of conversation today, Greg, seeing as you're here, is the Greek Cup final. I um, played Balk on the 24th of May, my birthday, <laughs> and um, you guys got the win. You have sealed your third uh, league and cup double in your history, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so did, you guys actually went down to 10 men, didn't you, in the game? Yeah, very early on after just um, six minutes, Rota got red carded um, um, and... Uh... Uh, but funny enough, 20 minutes later, we, we scored our opening goal through a set piece with McQuitty. Yes. Um, Balk put plenty of pressure on us in the meantime. And um, uh, there were some there were some nervous moments, but um, we were, for the most part, I mean, we, we, we kind of handled it quite well. And again, what I mentioned the last few weeks, um, part of our amazing success has been our improvement in defense. Uh, there's no way this team is able to hold out Balk um, even last season, two seasons ago, three seasons ago, with a player down, and these guys were able to do it and, and play a really good system. And um, hey, we we capped it off with a, a stunning goal to uh, Fernandez, um, who came, uh, Paulo Fernandez, who finally left, came from from Volos. Um, it was very sad that it was done in, in front of an empty stadium, and there wasn't even that many VIPs there. Um, but it was another masterstroke uh, from um, Almeida. Um, you know, really uh, making sure we, we had the bulk under control, even though they dominated position. Um, and to, you know, finish it off like that with that 2 0 goal, um, absolutely amazing. Uh, it was a great reward for the fans. Um, we've had to put up with a lot of stuff this year. Um, um, you know, stuff that has, you know, angered up some people, but we've put it behind us and we've, we've focused on our success and, don't care about the excuses about anything about the league. We were the best team in the league. Um, and, you know, I think winning the cup with 10 men against bulk and, you know, what? Well, credit also to their coach, um, uh, Luchescu. He's, he's, he's obviously, he's in the past been a constant, um, bit of a menace in regards to his comments about Ayek and things in the past from 2018, but he came out and said, we're the best team this season. We deserve the double. Uh, so credit to him for being a man about it. Um, so mate, couldn't be happier. You know, the first double since 1978. Um, return to home, a great squad being put together, and we want to make sure. And I think this is confident in saying that we're not going to make the mistake of 2018 where we dismantled um, most of our squad after that. I think a lot of this squad is going to stay together, and um, I, I can't wait for next season to see what. I mean, we could potentially get. Obviously, the the, the goal will be to get stronger. So um, bring it on. Yeah, and like you guys have been were very shrewd in the transfer market as well, weren't you? Because you had you got like you said you got um, Zuber, who was an excellent signing. I don't think he cost you guys that much when you when you brought him in. Paulo Fernandez, who you brought from the Super League, obviously at Volos last season, he did quite well. So you know you've not broken the bank significantly to get the team together that you have done. 
Um, and, and in doing so, you've created an, a good squad like who, like you said, you know, deserved champions, deserved um, cup winners too. So, you know, Aik were the definitive team this season. And it's just that, you know, credit to Almeida, your manager, for for putting it all together. And 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 and, and as we've emphasised on the podcast all season, uh, Aya Sofia was a massive influence as well in you guys doing so well because you know, that became your fortress. And it was a great, it's a great stadium. It's a great um, asset to have for any club. Yeah. And, you know, for, there's, there's, some, I know there's a lot of fans that remember what it was like to have, um, you know, have an ache that was playing at now Philadelphia week in, week out. Um, and we lost that for 20 years, over 20 years. Um, and this year it has really brought that, that flavor back and that, that just that um just the success of that and what we what we used to stand for so to have that back is is just priceless um and uh i was going to mention you mentioned about not breaking the bank that's going to that's going to get tested with pineda our the mexican international that we have orbelin pineda um he came here on loan without a buy a buy option so he's keen to stay ax keen to keep him um uh it's going to be – it's between us and Celta Vigo, so we are super keen. And I think Melissa Nivis, with the momentum that's been built this year, he is going to do everything he can to keep him with us. So um, very interesting to see if, he, if we can retain him. If we do, it's going to be it's going to be probably some type of record transfer, I think, for AEC. Um, but we'll see what happens. I really hope, and so does every AEC fan, that we are able to find a deal and, and sign him permanently to AEC. So congratulations to Ike, the champ, the the cup winners. Commiserations to Bark. Um, they did, despite you guys going down to ten men, Greg. They didn't really take that much advantage of it, really, did they? I did. I didn't watch the full game myself, but I did see the highlights, and they had a couple of okay chances. But they, I didn't think they, like I said, there wasn't a capitalization on on Ike going down so early. You guys were ten men for most of the game, and and they and um. It's it's it, they normally do well against you guys in the cup anyway. They've had a good record against Ayek in the cup and, and a good record yeah. in the cup in general. So it, in I, mean, I won't lie, it, well, that was sweet to get that revenge on them and be able to get that victory because yeah, they they, they went, um, uh, they had an upper hand on us and then we won the first one against them, but then they got us for three straight. So yeah. um, to be able to get that back was fantastic, and to get it two 0 was even better. Um, but yeah, they, they had plenty of possession. And they did. Um, they did have some chances, which uh, made us nervous. But it was never, you know, a lot of their shots were straight at the keeper. Uh, there was a couple of some good saves Stankovic had to make. But um, we really we adapted quite well and were able to um, keep them at bay quite comfortably. And uh, obviously, with Ike's win against Balk, you know, I've, of course, I'm going to bring Olibiagos into this. But because of this win for Ike, it means that Balk will uh, play. Europa Conference League qualifiers next season and Olympiagos will remain in the Europa League third qualifying round. Um, so that's good for us because it means slightly more revenue if we do get to the Europa League proper. Balk um, in the second qualifying round of the Europa, League, uh, Europa Conference League. Hopefully they get through. They should do. They've done it before. Hopefully they do it again. Um, I mean, does it? do you think it'll impact any players staying Um this summer for Balk, if they are not because of not being in the Europa League and being in the Conference League instead? I mean, we, we've all yeah. said we want Gonzandelias to to stay for another season at Balk to further for, for develop himself. I don't know. Do you think that will have any impact in what they do this if next season, Greg? Or do you think it's not a huge difference to what they're going to do? I think, 
I think the fact of qualify for Europe, uh, whether it's Europa or Conference League, won't make a big impact to whether a player is what they're going to do. But I know the consensus is there's, there is some guys that are a little bit, you know, they, they probably want to get a bit more younger blood in there. And um, they've had some guys there for some time who um, they probably feel used, uh, past the used by date. Um, look, they've got a great academy bringing out some amazing players, as we've seen with um, a few Greek players, you know, Kuliarakis and Konstatelias, for example. So, uh, you know, maybe they're going to un unravel another great talent to to hit the hit the um, hit the ground running. Uh, they got Dundas as well, but he, I'm pretty sure he's on loan. So, um, it'll be yeah, interesting to see, is. yeah, what if they're going to keep him because uh, he's he's been very good. He's only 22 as well. He'll be 23 at the end of this year. Um, but uh, they've got some young talent. They just need to, I think, they need to boost uh, the squad with some some of their older guys and get some new blood in there. Okay, well, I guess that's the Greek Cup wrapped up, unless there's anything else you want to quickly mention regarding that. Uh, look, hopefully next season um, we see a Greek Cup uh, in front of a good crowd. Hopefully it's organised. Um, it would have been amazing if this was done in front of a crowd and um, we were able to celebrate you know, those goals, You know, especially Fernandez's one at the end. So I'm really hoping we hear early on about What's going to happen with that? What I'm worried about is the damage that this what this campaign has done for a venue next uh, next season. Because um, let's face it, it, it's it's completely put in a headline. Don't touch this event out of fear of crowd failure and of uh, crowd violence. And even before th this game, like the, a lot of messages to fans: don't go near the stadium. You know, any sign of violence, the game's going to stop. It was just you know really sad to see that that was that was the headlines for some of the some things. Um, so really hope we're, we're talking about something different next year and venues, venues done, security sorted out and we can get a crowd there. Yeah, I agree, Greg. And we've, 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 we've been harping on about this all, all season because it's been a, such an ongoing story, but hopefully what, what I'll say is hopefully they, uh, Ebo learn from the mistakes of this season and just get it organized as quickly as possible, you know, and, and, and find a way to get fans. It's difficult. I mean, I don't know if you saw Greg, but the, in Cyprus, the Cypriot cup final was marred by fan violence too. So that's something that's a reflection in both Greek and Cypriot football. Um, and so uh, the, we, the, it's going to be difficult because I think Nick said previously, it's not just a Greek football problem. It's a societal problem too, but hopefully there can be some way that we can have, even a limited amount of fans, even if it's like, even if they just designate them for, for kids and like families, um, if they can regulate that in some way, I think it would make it at least a better atmosphere than having nobody there. This, this, this isn't COVID times anymore. They, they do, they, yeah. they, they can be fans in the stadium now. Um, the ironic thing back to the COVID days when everyone was talking about football games without fans and it was like, this ain't new for us. This is something uh, that unfortunately happens on a regular basis. Unfortunately, yes, yes. So yeah, that's the Greek Cup final uh, for for this season, and who knows? It's been well. I say it's been a competitive. It's been competitive in some senses as to who reaches the final, but normally Balk wins the cup in recent years. Um, so I guess I it being winning it is a slight change. Um, so yeah, I guess we can move on to other things surrounding Greek football right now, Greg. Because while while the the football has stopped being played for now, uh, the talking points still remain. Um, so one thing I was actually I do want to quickly mention, Greg, um, which I forgot to put in, in the order of what I was going to talk about, was Olivia Goss have finally brought in a technical director. So Antonio Cordon, uh, very esteemed uh, sporting director, 
previously at Villarreal, at Monaco, randomly the Ecuadorian national team. Not sure why, but there we go. Real Betis and now Olympiagos. So he has an excellent record with um, bringing in players, an excellent record with the managers he's worked with. So that's a huge coup for the club because he was linked with the likes of um, Aston Villa. He was linked to Barcelona as well before um, they signed, They kept their current sporting director. Um, they renewed his contract. That Ironically, uh, Barcelona's sporting director was meant to go to Villa. He was very closely linked. And then yeah. Barcelona kept him. So that then, then Villa turned to Antonio Cordon and, and rumour has it that Marinakis basically did everything in his power to make sure that Cordon came to Olympiagos instead and has given him the keys essentially to Rendi and and and, and so he, he's he's here and he's already at work finding a new manager players have been rumored already but uh, for me we shouldn't sign a single player until we bring a manager in because then they can work together as to how they can rebuild this team um, but yes, so any if you have any thoughts on this, Greg, it, it's good news for Olympiagos. It means that we're finally moving forward. I don't know if, if that's necessarily <laughs> pleasing for you, but you know, in, in a football sense, it's a it's a good move from the club. It's the first step in a good move for them for next season because the mistakes made this season were um, in, like quite incredible for a club at the stature of Olympiacos. So, as you said, are they gonna? The next thing is step two. Do they do they quickly sign a manager and then sign players, or are they going to start signing a whole heap of players and then a manager and make the same mistakes? So um, surely they will uh, sign a manager pretty soon and then go for the transfers. Yeah, I think so too. I, I and 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 now that we are in the Europa League, that's an excellent amount of time for us to properly prepare because the difference in being in the Conference League and being in the Europa League is. Only by a few weeks, but those few weeks do make a difference in preparation for, in in football. So the fact that we officially play our first professional game in early August um, in the Europa League qualifiers, rather than late July, is huge because now that we've we've got a good period of time where we can bring the manager in. I'm I'm assuming he'll be in the next couple of weeks. Then the players can come and then they can start preseason. And and I'm assuming preseason will more or less start after the international break. Maybe like a few weeks after that. Um, which we'll talk. We'll talk about the international break in just a sec. But yeah, good, good, um, good appointment from Olibiagos, top level of sporting director. Hopefully, he can bring in a one of the previous managers he's worked under. Some of the managers we were linked with previously, who he's worked under, are linked with us again, uh, like Marcelino. Um, and um, I'm trying to think, Bordolas. So, yes, let's see. Hopefully, it's a step in the right direction for Olibiagos. Um, going to the a refereeing situation, Greg. Steve Bennett uh, came out, if you can correct me if I'm wrong, he said that there'll be more Greek referees officiating Greek Super League matches next season compared to foreign referees. And this comes after, obviously, um, the debacle in Birea, where uh, fans attacked a referee, uh, a top-level referee. And then Alexander Seferin released a statement saying that, um, I think, I don't, see, this is where the confusion is. When, when Seferin said about um, top level referees, uh, UA for affiliated referees, um, officiating in Greece. Was that when he said that they're no longer available? Was that a permanent thing, or was that just for the previous season? Or is it going to be harder for Greece to then get those ref those top level referees to officiate games? I'm pretty sure it was for this season because we ended up getting one of the best referees available for the cup final, 
Um, but I, I mean, given that this has been announced from Steve Bennett, um, I'm sure there's some repercussions that are going to go into next season. And the reality is, um, we can't really rely too much on the foreign referee model because I'm sure logistically, weekly, it's probably a bit of a nightmare or fortnightly, whatever it is, mm. to get them in. Um, so we, we'll see what happens with derbies uh, next year. And um, if they're all going to have a foreign ref or they're going to have Greek refs. And I'm sure it'll bring plenty of controversy when the Greek refs are announced to officiate Olympiagos yeah. versus Bathanagos or, or Pauk versus Aris or whatever. You know, it's but, be... you know, all that for all the controversy and all the people's reactions this season to a lot of silly things, this was just one of them where the Greek refs did quite well. And we saw the foreign refs make plenty of mistakes in their games and people still cry about it. So um, I think as a whole, as a fan base, we need to um, change our mentality a little bit and stop. Um, looking for any excuse under the rug that's possible. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a game of football. It's a round ball. 11 players on each side. And um, uh, for the most part, you know, um, some court, most, you know, we've got VAR as well these days. So you can't get away with too many things. Um, and the Greek refs, I mean, at the end of the day, the Greek refs did really well in their games in playoffs as well. So um, let's move on with it. Uh, and, the, the other thing I've always thought is we're getting foreign refs for the big games. What does that do to the development of a Greek referee? Um, you know, for, for again, many, many years we played with Greek refs for every game. Uh, yeah, there was always controversial moments, but that's football. Um, we need our guys to develop. We need to have Greek refs that can handle the big games and that, they showed they can in a lot of the games they, they refereed. So uh, I'm all for it. Um, and, uh, you know, really don't care if we have Greek referees refereeing all the derby games either well n- now that bennett has made that very clear about having most greek ref mostly greek referees i guess we don't really have a choice now so it, at the end of the day we have to the, the first thing to clean up from in the game itself is to just not assume that a greek referee is going to make a decision that will benefit another team for his benefit because that's you know firstly there's no proof um unless it's you know found that there is proof of of any of any corruption or match fixing involved with referees but that that's we have to bring back the validity and credibility to the to our game as fans and you know even if controversial decisions happen obviously some decisions have been egregious this season but that's not necessarily down to like you say always greek referees some of the foreign referees have made poor decisions too and and as i always say top level referees in the top 5 leagues make horrendous decisions too even with var to assist them and a, a really weird tangent greg but i don't know if you heard um, la liga are not going to be um using var next season uh they they the the oh they don't want to pay the three million euro fee to uh <laughs> to, to use var that's what i read i could be wrong but i, I saw some something that said that that was going to be the case it's very strange that wow top top one of the top two leagues in the world isn't going to in, in in europe is not going to use it but there there we go um, okay, so that's that's the refereeing debacle. Next, I guess, Greg, we can move on to the ethnic key. Yes, because the the um, the squad hasn't been announced yet. It's going apparently it will be announced in a couple of days, but there is rumours of a glaring omission from the national team that has got not just um, not just this player's team's fans up in arms. It's got everyone's t- uh, fans up in arms, uh, which. I guess it shows the what happens when the national team all, all fans unite for the national team. But Gostas Fortunis apparently is not um, an option for Gus Poyet. Uh, Gus Poyet has well, rumored to have not 
selected him as part of the national team setup, despite the fact that he has had a good season, especially after the World Cup. Um, top assist of t- top of assists in the Super League, ten ten in total, four goals. Um, one of our best players at Olympiagos. Um, Greg, do you th- what, what what do you think about this? Because for me, if it's true, I mean, if we it might come out that it's not true and it's just very strange fake news. But if he doesn't select Fortunis, what does that say about about the kind of the national team set up? Because I don't understand why he's. I wouldn't understand why he's not being selected. But yeah, what 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 do you think? Uh, it's it's a bit of a mystery. Um, uh, he's you know obviously he didn't start the season well, but he came back in the second part of the season and did what Fortunis does, creating goals. He's got a few. Um, and mate, we we've always known for forever. Uh, this team's this the ethnic is modern day issue is uh, scoring goals really. Um, and he brings creativity, and he, he brings he brings a finish in there as well. So why we would we would turn our back on one of our best attacking midfielders with experience um, uh, is beyond me. And um, uh, we're limiting our, limiting our option to a spot that is so vitally important for Greece, um, not only in the central midfield position in terms of the attacking view, but you know he can play sometimes on the wings as well. And we're not gifted with uh, many many. Uh, wingers or or someone that can play behind the striker or whatnot. So um, it's a handicap for us that we're taking Fortunis out of the picture. Um, and as Poet started off really strong, and we'll see what his selections look like. But his his I think he's just made his selection criteria just that little worse. Uh, limiting your options and limiting one of your best players out there doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, and look, the, the ethnic did well during the. Um during the uh, Nations League without Fortunis because he wasn't fully fit or and he wasn't playing consistently either. But that we, we he wasn't selected because he wasn't in form. He he physically couldn't be part of the setup. So there's no ch- point had no choice but to not select him. Um so now that he is available, he is fully fit and he is firing and doing what he does best. It is surprising that Poirier is limiting his options because you'd at least I, I'm sure that he had him under consideration, but I don't. It, it'll be interesting to see the the logic behind him not picking him. I, I don't know stylistically where Fordunis wouldn't fit in because, like you said, even though he his preferred role is number ten, he can play centre mid and he can play on the wing. Um, so uh, yeah, like you said, Greg, I think it is a bit. It is a limit of our options, and and even if you don't start him, just have them as part of the squad. You know, even if you're going to start. Um, Bagasetas in centre mid, or or play, um, you know, somebody I don't know, Masuras will probably get selected. Playing if you play Masuras on the wing, for example, like Fortunis could easily come on and replace both of those players, and if we need a, a bit more creativity, um, so and, and he's and he, you know, not just saying it as an Olympiagos fan, but he's one of Greece's most talented players in general. I just think that any other player who's top a top player in their position playing for the national team if they were omitted then it would be seen as a bit of a a crazy decision as well um but let's see let's see greg i i hope that this isn't true um <laughs> but loads of ma- it's, major it's, outlets since it's come it. out and since we were hoping for fake news it's been reported i think by nearly every other outlet so exactly um sadly exactly. i think it's it's true Yes, and it's and 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 look, I hope he knows what he's doing because Ireland are no pushovers, um, and France obviously are World Cup finalists. And, and that's World the Cup thing finalists. as well. Like these are very hard opposition. Both games are very very hard. So yeah, why we would be taking out our one of our biggest threats 
makes zero sense. Yes. Well, Hopefully it doesn't bite us in the football. Yes. No. And it, it probably... Especially against Ireland. We, we need to get points there. Yeah. I mean, look, in those two games, we'll talk more about the ethnic game. And once the um, the squad's announced, we'll obviously post about it and we'll talk about it in future episodes too when we focus on Greece. But um, I it, the, we need to get at least three points from those two games and we're not we're unlikely to get it in the Stade de France against Paris, against France. Um and when and so playing Ireland at Aya um, Sofia is the is the only way really realistically we're going to get anything. So yeah, uh, let's let's see what happens with Fortunis. Hopefully it's wrong, but everything is pointing to yeah. the fact that he probably uh, won't play. So I guess now, Greg, there's a couple of things left to talk about. Um, firstly, a couple of transfer rumors. The big the big news that's come out of, of the transfer rumours mill this week was Zeka returning to Banafanaigos, former former captain, if I'm not mistaken, Greek international as well. Um, well, former Greek international now. Um, had a great period of time at Copenhagen. I think he was always injured, though. Had a couple of injury issues. Um, but yeah, it, it, he's he's back at Banafanaigos. I don't know if it's been... If the club has formally announced it, but that's what all the all the major outlets are saying, um, it's more or less confirmed now. Good, good, good uh, return for him, Greg. It doesn't always work out for returning players to former clubs. Believe me, I know, uh, as the Libyagos fan. But it, it, he he'll be a good leader for them in the squad. I, I'm 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 sure. And yeah, look, he'll he'll be game, you know. Yeah, he'll be he'll be 35 by the time the season starts. And I'm just looking at what happened at Copenhagen. Uh, this year, I'm not sure what his injury was, but he's had he's been injured pretty much all year. Mm. So um, I think, as our, our correspondent Nick was saying, he'll be probably more of an influence in the in the locker room and on the bench. Um, but um, you never know with Panathinaikos. I'm sure he's going to get some game time. Um, but I'm just uh, I didn't realize he had such an injury crisis this whole year. So um, he he's hardly played any football for some time. Um, so a morale boosting signing for Panathinaikos, I'd say so to um get some experience and some character in the in the locker room. Yeah, and 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 I think that's something that, well, maybe not they they didn't lack this season, but obviously the way in which they capitulated the title in the in the title race, um, he, he's a good early addition. Um, just to kind of because I think Olympiagos I know has always benefited from having these players in in the back room that don't always play but are there and available. Like you know, Avram was always a good leader, yeah. and, and especially when he played in the Greek Cup against like a Super League Two side. Um, but um, so so it's in that sense it's a good addition. I think Nick was very skeptical about him being a starter consistently, and I, I'd have to agree with him. But um, as as a player in the team. Uh, who's going to be a leader? I don't know if he'll be captain again, but if he, if, I'm sure he'll be one of the main leaders of the squad. So it's a good signing yeah. for them. Um, I, is there any other transfer rumors, Greg, or any Greeks abroad related stuff you can think of? Uh, no, I mean, uh, there's I've heard rumors. Uh, there's been some whisper of David Louise being mentioned to AEC. Uh, I haven't personally seen um, anything officially reported or anything like that, but there has been whispers. Um, not a big fan. I, I personally hope it doesn't happen. Um, but that's been a, a little whisper that's been in the in the works um, on the AIC front. But otherwise, nothing big as yet. I'm sure that's going to change in a few weeks' time. Um, I guess the only thing I can think of is um, Mavropanos has been linked with Napoli because um, 
So of, of the, the rumor mill is that because um, that Napoli's uh, very sought after defender uh, Kim Ming Jai is li- almost certainly linked and going to Manchester United in the Premier League. Uh, one of the options for his replacement is Mavrobanos, who's had a good season, despite the fact Stuttgart are not safe from relegation. I think they go into the final game of the season like a point or two above the drop zone. So they need to at least get a, get a win or a draw and hope there are the, uh, the teams below them <laughs> don't do better than they do. Um, so, yeah, hopefully... Uh, this is the move he probably needs now, you know. He's getting... he's. Uh, He's getting to the point where he does need to play for a club that plays in Europe consistently, um, and he's and he's a t- and he he's shown that he's a top level defender. You know, even when he was at Arsenal, he he showed what he was capable of in flashes, and he's done that in the Bundesliga. So either a, a top Bundesliga club should try go for him, or you know, Napoli in Serie A in an Italian side. You know, I think he would suit either league. Um, and I yeah for his yeah career, I, I, I think it'd be I, I'd love to see him in Serie A personally, but um, um yeah I think. Uh, if he was to go in Spain or, or Italy, I think he'd do really well. I mean, he's proving himself in Germany. That speaks for itself. But um, I mean, we saw that with Papa Sosopoulos. He went to Italy, didn't do so great. So, but I, I'm pretty sure Mavropanos would do fine there. Yeah, no, and um, I guess um, this not really transfer news, but um, so this is another Olympiagos related uh, uh, kind of story that's cropped up in the last 24 hours, Greg. So. James Rodriguez, uh, initially on, he he initially told RCN's uh, news that he was displeased with his time at Olympiagos. So I'm going to quote him here. He said, I was in 24 games and I played a lot. There could have been more goals. I played well. The numbers are a bit low for what I played. I do not regret, I do not regret it as in leaving Olympiagos, as I said before, and more when they don't and and more when they don't treat you well or in a serious way and they don't appreciate what you've done so basically hammers has lashed out at the club and said that they didn't treat him right um despite the fact that he left amicably and posted on his personal account that uh he would always you know think fondly of olympiagos and he'd always be um you know a a member of the olympiagos family uh, and so he's there's a bit of a U-turn for him there, Greg. And it's it's kind of rubbed a lot a few people up the wrong way because he a lot of people he did get a lot of criticism um in, in the latter stage of his time with us. And you know, he, he wasn't doing he wasn't the same after his injury, but before that he he'd averaged a goal every other game, a goal contribution every other game, and he was doing really well. Um so I, I don't know, Greg. Do you think it was Olibiagos who who um who treated him badly or is it just hammers being hammers? Cause he has got a history of doing that in the past where he's come out and said, this club didn't treat me right. I didn't get the respect I deserve being a bit sassy. And, 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 and at the same time, other, other players who have left the clubs around uh, at the end of the season, like Ganos and, and Samaseku have, have said different things. You know, they've said that they had a great time at Olympiagos and even Samaseku has been saying that he ideally would like to stay at Olympiagos, even though that doesn't look very likely. So I, I, the the club wouldn't, I don't know. It, it's obviously we're outsiders, but w- what do you think about this? Because it's a very strange story that's kind of cropped up. Sometimes you've got to look at human behavior and with uh, Rodriguez, unfortunately, you've seen for all the talent he has, he's been from one club to another, a lot of them just for six months. So, And where he's left those, he's also had similar comments in the past with his previous club. So 
Um, if you look at that, you're looking at a, a behavioural thing with him where he does eventually lash out at the club that he's left. Um, uh, man, I, I was a, a bit surprised that it all broke down like that because I can tell you as an opposition fan, I was always, when I saw him starting, um, it always worried me and I was more than relieved when he got in. I mean, I don't not, not wishing harm on him, but in terms of my team getting a better result against Olympiacos, I always felt more comfortable when he wasn't playing and the other side of thing hearing from Olympiacos fans was hearing about, you know, being able to notice his lack of work workmanship. Like, he was very good with the ball. When we came to the other stuff, the pressing and the defending and putting pressure on that, he was quite weak at that. Um, so that's an interesting view uh, to, to be able to see that from the other side uh, of the fence. Um, do Greek clubs have some also a bit of a, a, sometimes a history of, you know, when a player is sort of out of the picture maybe not treating them the best way they can. That, that's also something that's happened in the past. But looking at everything on paper with this, you can see he's got a repeat pattern of doing this. Um, for all the talent that he's got, he, he doesn't stay long at clubs. And eventually similar comments come through. So I, I would say James has got a bit of a, a behavioral thing he needs to look at. And it's not a good impression. It's not a good uh, brand image for him as, as well. So maybe he needs to have a good look at himself. Yeah, well, Greg, he's he's not got very long left at the, at the at the top level. It might already be over. He's only, I think, thirty one. Um, and to to see his career kind of downfall ever since he left Real Madrid, you know, it's a shame because he was a talent. He was, and in some ways, still is a talented player. But clearly, he doesn't have the 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 strength and mentality to keep himself at the very top level. And look, I I love I I enjoyed his time at Olympiagos. I'm disappointed with his comments and. We're we're going to move forward and hopefully be better without him. Um, and we do have players like Fortunis, Biel, um, who can do the job, and are committed and hardworking players. So, it's not the biggest loss in the world. It's just a mark of a very confusing and poor season on the part of Olympiagos. Um, but that's that's the that's the hammer story. I oh, there's you know what before we um before we wrap up, Greg, there is one thing I forgot to mention, and it's about European places for Greek clubs. So. I mentioned about Olympiagos, you know, they're confirmed uh, Europa League, obviously. But uh, so in order of, of of where every team finished in the league, Aik uh, are in the, uh, I believe it's the third round, aren't they, as champions? They're in Great. the third round yes. of the Champions League qualifiers. Banathanaigos are in the second round, if I'm not mistaken. Um, second round of Champions League qualifying. Olympiagos are in the third round of the Europa League qualifiers. And Balk and Aris are in the second round of Europa Conference League. So that's good for, for all Greek clubs to be in the qualifier for all the big Greek clubs to be in the qualifiers. Um now it's just whether they can get through them or not. Um hopefully they can. I I, I said it on the you know in private, I, I ideally minimum we need three clubs. We need three Greek clubs in Europe um to kind of really get a good Good, uh, like get, to give the uh, Greek coefficient the best chance possible of of improving. Um, if we could get all five, that would be incredible. You know, even if we don't get Aris for whatever reason, we had like the big four clubs in Europe. It doesn't have to be in the Champions League because we, we've spoken about this, Greg. It, it's going to be hard for Ayek and Bathanagos or either one of them to get to Europe's grandest stage. Um, I don't know. Uh, what What do you think are both teams' chances? Of getting to the Champions League. I think, uh, to be honest, I really think Panathinaikos has minimal chance of getting there. Ayek, on the other hand, I think... I mean, look, it's also going to come down to transfers, but we've seen Greek teams do transfers more towards 
um, more towards when this, our season's about to start. They don't really don't do much changes once these qualifiers come along. So with that in mind, I, I can't see Panathinaikos. I see Panathinaikos getting eliminated early on, depending on their draw. Um, I think with Thayer Sofia and the squad we've got, um, uh, I'm, you know, and again, it all comes down to our draw. We've got a good squad. If we can get a, a half decent draw, I can see us potentially qualifying for group stages. Um, won't be easy. And again, I can't emphasize enough. It just depends on who we're drawn against. But with that, that home ground of Sofia being what it is, um, anything's possible to AEC. So um, it would be, uh, look, I, I would love to get into the group stages again and be able to do something a little better than what happened the last time we were there, which was, um, we got the prize money, which was great, but the results were, were a bit embarrassing. Yeah. I, I, do you know anything about who AEC could potentially face in the Champions League qualifiers? Because I, I'm not. I've not really looked at it as much. I've looked at Olympiagos, obviously, and I've, I've I've tweeted about it as well. But I, yeah, just before I move on to that, I, do you know if do you know who Ayak might possibly play? I've been a bit slack in that department, and I haven't had a really good uh, look at that. The last thing I saw was there was still some tough opposition, possibly from Ukraine uh, and Belgium. Um, but I might have a look at that more a bit more, and maybe post it and give a, a Hellas football post about that and possible opponents. Yeah, because I probably should do the same for Olympiagos, but I posted on it on my personal account. So uh, Olympiagos, um, for firstly, they might there's still a small outside chance that Olympiagos could reach the uh, Europa League playoff phase um, without playing a single game, and that would uh, I think the requirements for that at this as it as it stands would be uh, either Roma will have to win the Europa League against Sevilla, which will be a tough ask, and finish fifth. They're currently sixth, one point behind uh, Atalanta, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or um, Inter have to win the Champions League against Manchester City. Again, another big ask. And they are would have to drop into fifth place themselves. So they'd have to miss out on Champions League football um, right. via Serie A, by, via the, t- the top four. But they would qualify for the Champions League by winning the Champions League. So the the more likely of the two will probably be the the Roma scenario, but it's not likely. And I'm just glad Olympiagos are at least in the Europa League qualifiers um, rather than Europa Conference League. Um, but but the the opponents that Olympiagos could face in the uh, third qualifying round is either a, a two clubs from either two clubs from Switzerland, uh, a two cl- or a two either two clubs from Ukraine or either two cl- uh, like a few clubs from Belgium. So ideally, we'd want a Swiss club. You know, no disrespect to Swiss to Swiss football or Swiss teams. We have a better record against Swiss clubs in general. Uh, Ukraine, we are comparable. We should, we, on paper, I'd say Olympiagos shouldn't shouldn't have any trouble. But in reality, Olympiagos have struggled against Ukrainian sides in Europe. Um, Dynamo Kiev being an example a few years ago in the Europa League knockout stages, Ugh. and Belgium clubs. Oh. Belgium clubs are just the toughest you can get uh, outside of some of the toughest teams you can get outside of Europe's top five leagues. You know, they're very well run, got very good players, play very good styles of football. So I would not like to get a Belgian team because that would be a tough one for Olympiacos, especially if we're not fully uh, fully realised yet in the, in the project that we're trying to build. Um, but there we yes. go. Let, let's see what happens. It's still a long way away, the qualifiers. Hopefully all the, all the players can get a rest, even with international duty. And as many Greek clubs can qualify as possible, because that's what we want in the end for Greek football to kind of not be 20th in the UEFA coefficient rankings and not have enough European places or be in the qualifiers at the very early stages. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I don't actually. I think um, I've read Artis is going to let go of a lot of players, so yes. uh, that just straight away for me uh, loses faith that they're. I have a feeling they're going to have the look. They used to have they used to have quite a European run in them, and um, you know, had, had was undefeated at home for a long time. But the way they're going about things now, and the changes to the you know very few Greeks in there, constantly changing the foreigners. For me, um, but they are keeping the same coach, which is one positive sign. So uh, that worries me a bit. I'm expecting them to probably go out first first round that they play, but um, hopefully they prove me wrong. Yeah, I hope so too, because I, 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 we were banging on about them early doors last season about how good they looked, and then they just capitulated yeah. oh. in Europe, and they weren't the same after that. They sacked their manager, brought in, um, I always forget his name, That um, who did they bring in as manager? It was... Um, Sorry, oh. I was... Uh... That English guy. I can't remember the English guy. I always oh, forget his um, name. What's the guy you loved? <laughs> oh God. Yeah, well, they, they brought they brought him in and it was just yeah, it was just really uh just bad all season really from Aris. You know, they, I know they've they finished fifth and got Europe, but they've not had the best of times, even though they have the best I guess the best thing they've done this season is his trample Olympiagos title hopes, pretty much. That's all they ever did. Um but yeah. Yeah, so I guess that's everything, Greg. I think the one last thing you wanted to mention was um was uh, something to do with Banatoli Gos. Am I right? Yeah. So um, what's it? oh it was um what's it? first of all the answer to your question it was Bardo. It was a uh, um the coach, the English coach that Addis had. Yeah, Bardo? that's him. Yeah, um yeah um Banatoli Gos who started the season quite well have parted ways with Anastasiou, the 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 Greek coach they had there all year. Um, they started off well. They were playing some good football. They're one of the few teams outside the top six that were playing good footy. Um, but uh, they really fell apart there um, towards the end of the season, and their their playouts uh, was terrible. I think they got one point in the whole campaign. So they've depart they've parted ways with Anastasio, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, I didn't. I think he's a he's a decent coach, but I think the way things ended, and I wasn't sure if the I was curious whether. The club decided, you know what, we're not going to risk injuries. We're going to do, you know, take it easy in the playoffs, playouts, um, or whatnot. But I guess they probably expected more, and what happened was was pretty tragic. So, and then to end with the the coach gone, even more tragic on top of that. So, um, let's see what uh, who they bring in and where the next steps are for Anastasio. Yeah, because they have a they have a rich owner. And I I guess they he's not spoken hugely about his intentions, but I guess it, the intention would be to make Banadoligos a, a, a more of a top club in Greek football. Um, and he can't, and I'm sure he wasn't impressed with their performances, Greg, because like you said, they were terrible in the playouts. Like, I know I know that in the playouts, they were more or less safe from relegation. They didn't have anything to play for, but at least, at the very least, you've got seven or eight games to kind of do well and, and just kind of kick on for next season. Um, and just see which players are good enough to stay, which players are good enough to leave. You know, at the very least, try and get enough positive results under your belt. But that's yeah, yeah. yeah it's it, they, they had a very they had a very very dismal end to the season, and and you know then they, they played some good football early doors. You know, they did really well with yeah. Garelis, who, who was up front for them. He scored a fair few goals for them early in the first kind of ball in the regular season. Um, so yeah, I, I hope hope for hope for. Bonadoligos fans sake, they have have a bit more of a fun season like they did the previous campaign from this one. But I think I think that's everything, Greg. I don't know if there's anything else you're you, you uh No, look, that's about. pretty much it. It's been a fantastic season. I, I've personally thought uh, you know, 
I think of the top, the, the big, um, you know, the championship challenge we had with uh, four clubs going for it for the most part was was outstanding. We haven't seen that in many, many, many years. Um, the football played, especially in some derbies, was the best it's been again for a very long time. Um, I hope uh, next season, I really hope some of the teams outside the top six can improve and play some better football. Um, that was something that I, that stood out to me, that the, the grasping difference in the top uh, six, seven teams versus the rest. Um, and I, I hope the uh, look, I, I personally, I, what I've experienced this year, some amazing football, but some of the comments and, and approach some of the fans have um, to, to Greek football was left a lot for me to be desired. And I'd rather people be mad about things, take accountability, look at your own club um, and stop looking for excuses if your club doesn't do well. So um, I hope we see that some improvement in that next year, which I'm sure we won't. <laughs> but um, uh, look, hope, at the very least, hopefully the football can be as good and we can have a close championship battle, which would be fantastic. Yeah, well, Greg, I echo exactly what you say uh, for the part of uh, Olympiagos as well. <laughs> just, just, um, but then you know what? That's just. I think the problem is it's just um, it's it's football fandom online in general has just become huge. Well, it's, it's it's quite toxic in general, and there are some corners of of Greek football fandom where the toxicity is at a level where well. The, the failures are more well, emphasised than the successes, unfortunately. And then people can't enjoy the successes when they do come. But that's, you know, that's my opinion. Uh, but I, I, and I guess just to wrap up, um, like like we've said for the last couple of weeks, there will be a, um, a, a, a big podcast in the next week or so with everyone, as many members of the Hellas football kind of group being on as possible. We'll make sure to put out a Twitter, like put out social media so that you can, answer or give us questions because that's ideally what the whole intention is for just so we can all go have a good laugh we'll try and do something with regards to our team of the season as well because we've been talking about that and over the summer as george and i have said we're going to try to do podcasts for, not just for the international break but just for the off season too because it'd be good to keep engaging with everyone so yeah just please um leave a five-star review on any pod uh, any um application you listen to us on because we are on a lot of stuff and so yeah and please recommend us to anyone that you think might be interested in greek football and just just chatting about football in general um, we'll, we'll try to get the questions out there a bit more um yes we next should. few pods as well so just to get the guys you know we had a lot of questions come in when we did that and if you do have a question that you want us to sort of cover off feel free to inbox us so if you want us to cover off something in in um in our podcasts um whether it's modern you know something from today or something from the past if everyone knows, I love my uh, flashbacks and stuff like that about the good old days in Greek football. So anything you want us to talk about, feel free to um, send that. But we'll also try and get uh, a post out there so you can post your questions as well. Yeah, well said, Greg. And yeah, but that's I think that's everything. But thank you very much for listening and uh, we'll see you next time.